0: Welcome to the Infinite Franchisee Show, where every franchisee meets infinite possibilities. Here, you will discover the executive level strategies needed to overcome the overwhelm, concentrate on explosive growth activities, and capture the life of your dreams with me, April Porter. I am an attorney, a former award-winning multi-unit franchisee, and a number one international best-selling author on a mission to help franchisees achieve infinite success. Welcome to 2022. I am so excited to be spending the next season of the Infinite Franchisee Show with you. So welcome. And as we kick off this year, I want to first take a look back and let's reflect on the past two years and really focus on the energy that the world has held during that time. It's been pretty heavy. It's been stressful. It's been strained. It feels really tight, right? And Obviously, we know the reason for that. Everyone in the world was going through something we've never, ever been through before that has been testing our mental toughness and testing our physical toughness, our ability to stay focused, our ability to serve those around us, both in our business and in our personal lives. And through this, some businesses really, really struggled. And other businesses really thrived. But regardless, everybody felt the emotional turmoil surrounding those circumstances. And as we look to 2022, I feel that there's a bit of a shift in the energy in the world. It feels more hopeful. It feels lighter. It feels very much forward thinking, wanting to leave that past behind. And now we're going to capitalize on that. We're going to walk through how to really make 2022 the year you want it to be. And this isn't just going to be another goal-setting podcast. That's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about achieving what it is you desire. Have you noticed that nobody's using the word resolutions this year? I haven't heard it in a single advertisement on the radio, whereas in years past, I would have heard, I don't know how many gym advertisements that talk about your resolution, your, your New Year's resolution to get fit. You'd see it in advertisements for stores. That's generally the trope that we follow in January of every year, but it's not here. Why? It's because people don't want to have another thing that they have to do. A resolution, again, goes back to that heavy energy. Yes, it may be exciting, but it's also an obligation. It's a responsibility. And many times resolutions were picked not based upon what we wanted to do, but what we felt we should do how we should be planning our year. We need to get in shape. So I need to start at the first of the year. I need to you know, get my business to ramped up in Q1. So I have to take certain actions. I have to do that if I want to reach my yearly goals, right? There's a heaviness that comes with it because it is a have to word, a resolution. Once you make it, if you don't follow through, everyone's going to know. You're going to be judged, right? And even if it's just you judging yourself. There is a judgment that comes along at the end of a resolution. And so we're not hearing that word anymore. And I really think it goes back to that energy we were talking about earlier, where it, it feels heavy and people wanna shed that heavy energy and move into the lighter energy. And so one of the ways you can do that this year is by really thinking about what it is you want what it is you truly desire out of your life for the next year. How do you want to spend your days? What do you want your life to look like, both in your business and in your personal life? At Ask April Porter, we teach our clients that this is called SWAG. SWAG stands for sanity, wealth, and gratitude. And I know most of you probably know this already because we've talked about the word SWAG many times on the podcast But today we're going to be really visiting what those words mean and how to apply it to your 2022 plans. So sanity, wealth, and gratitude. I would recommend that you break down each one of those words and create a plan for each based on what it looks like to you and what you really, really want out of life. I have found that many times my clients, my friends, my family have created futures for themselves, not based upon what they want and desire, but based upon what society expects of them. And many times we do this without even realizing we're doing it. I'm going to give you a very personal example. So When I was younger, I had my whole future planned out, right? I was going to graduate from law school, get married, have two children. I wanted to do that by a certain age so that I would be a young mom uh, when they were graduating from high school, and I would still have plenty of life to enjoy at that point in time. Um, I had this all this vision in my head of what it would look like. And then I met my now husband my current husband, who I plan to have as my future husband. Um, But when I met him and we began to get serious, he was very honest with me. And he said, you know, we're, we're starting to get serious and I don't really want children. And I feel like I should know, or you should know that before we go any further because I don't want you to become committed to something and really not know what you're getting into, which I respected so much and was so grateful that he shared that with me when he did. But I will tell you as a female, that was the very first time in my life that anyone had posed the question to me as a question, do you want children? And really meant, do you want children? Not, when do you want children? How do you want children? How many children do you wanna have? That type of thing. Where they left it up to me to say, you know what, I don't want children. That was the very first time. And I really examined that vision that I had had in my head. And I really thought about, is that what I really want? And I realized that honestly, for the first time, I had never thought about what it would be like to have children beyond seeing their cute little faces, running around at a family get-together. That was how my vision appeared in my head. But I never really thought about what it would mean day-to-day, year-to-year, all of the things that would go into being a mom. And so I took that time, and I really, really thought about that. And I thought about my mom. And I remember growing up, And my mom would get up. I don't even know what time she would get up in the morning. She would get up at the crack of dawn well before we did because she had to get herself ready for work before she could even wake us up. Because God knows once we were up, she wasn't gonna get to do anything for herself, not even get ready. So she got up early and she you know, showered, did her makeup, did her hair, was completely dressed and everything before she even got us out of bed. And when she tried to get us out of bed, It took multiple tries because like most kids, we had no desire to get up at any point in time in the morning. And we got up and we did all the things kids do, right? I remember her saying, come on, we got to go. We got to go while we're dragging our feet. And I remember that my mom was late to work almost every day. And my mom would sometimes tell us, you know, guys, I cannot be late to work. You know, I get in trouble when I get to work late. And yet every day she was late. And then I remember that my mom didn't get off work until five and I had to be at dance class earlier than that sometimes. And I remember how stressful it was for her to try to find someone who could drop me off at the dance studio, even though that's not where they were going. And then I would go to dance and I would have to sit and wait for her until she could pick me up. And that was after she got off work and she picked up my sister's from their after-school care. And then we would have another activity to go to generally. And so we would race off to another activity and maybe drive through a fast food restaurant to grab some dinner so that we could eat in between things. And then we'd race home so that we could get our homework done which she would supervise at the kitchen table and help us through all our homework. And then we had to get baths and we had to get our showers and things before we went to bed. And we would end up being in bed around 10 p.m. And usually my dad helped. I mean, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna say that my dad wasn't there too. My dad was there helping us with our homework. My dad was also helping us with our, our baths and getting us up for school and, and taking us to school many times. Um, but my dad also traveled a lot. So I do remember a lot of this being on my mom's shoulders. He traveled for work. And when we finally went to bed, I think about, as an adult, I thought about, you know what did my mom do at that point? And I'm like, my mom had to just fall in bed asleep. In fact, sometimes I do remember her falling asleep on the couch um, in the evenings. And she was exhausted. She was exhausted. And I remember that not one minute of her day was for her. Before work, it was all about us. And after work until we went to bed, it was all about us as the kids. And then at work, of course, she was doing her job, which was about the company and her coworkers, and do, and doing well for herself in that position. But I really didn't see my mom ever have a moment for herself. And I also saw that my parents didn't really have an opportunity to work on them or to have time to themselves as far as nurturing their relationship. At least that's how I look at it now as an adult. So I took all of this information. And for the first time, I really thought about what it would mean day-to-day to to be a mom. And I I know that there's a million wonderful things about being a mom to think about as well. And, And many people believe that all the rewards of being a parent outweigh that sacrifice that you have to go through in order to create and nurture these wonderful mini adults into being excellent human beings. But what I realized is that I love to work. I'm very driven, I'm very career driven. And I also love my husband to the point where I thought I don't want to spend 18 years or more without being able to connect with him in the way that we're able to connect right now when it's just the two of us. And I don't and I know that because I believe in nurturing kids, and and I believe that I would be a great mom, I know I would choose to sacrifice for my kids, but that meant that that sacrifice would mean I I wouldn't be looking at my career goals in the same way, and I probably wouldn't be looking at my self-care in the same way. And some people may think it's selfish, but it was that moment, it was that freedom of choice that my husband had given me with that question that allowed me to think it through and say, you know what? I don't think that I want children either, at least not right now. And how our lives play out together may mean that we do, or we do not have children, but I know that if we do, it will be a choice that we make together. And it will be a choice made on what we really, really want instead of what everyone expects from us and instead of what we have been programmed to expect for ourselves. And that's what we did. And there have been times, there have been times in our relationship where we wanted to explore that, but it didn't work out for us. And and we're quite happy um, that we've made the choices we've made along the way and where it's taken us. But my point of this story is to really share with you that there's probably things in your life and in your business that you're on autopilot pursuing. You're pursuing them because they're things that you should do or they're things that are expected of you or they're things that um, you didn't really realize you had a choice. You've never thought of the other side of the coin. You've just been driving for it. And so what I encourage you today to do for 2022 is to give yourself the freedom of choice, to give yourself the opportunity to really think through your, the beliefs you subscribe to, and the goals that you've set based on those beliefs and make a conscious decision if you want to continue doing that. And through that examination, I would encourage you to write down the words, sanity, wealth, and gratitude. And for each of those, I want you to really brain dump. What does sanity look like for you? What does it look like for your family? Does it really look like shuttling the kids to 18 different activities every season? If that doesn't look like sanity, then maybe it's time to take a step back and say, okay, everybody, we're going to pick one activity per season. One. You got to pick one. And next season, you can pick another one right? Spring season, we're going to do soccer. In the summer, you can go back and do gymnastics, right? So you don't have to just pick one forever, but maybe sanity looks like a little bit less, or maybe sanity looks like I need to hire that person in my business. I need that support, and that's going to help us grow. So that's going to help my sanity, or possibly just, I'm not going to work past five, That's going to help my sanity instead of I'm going to drive, uh, keep driving and driving and grinding and grinding until eight o'clock at night, every night in order to reach this goal. So really think about sanity and what does that look like to you? Then next you can think about wealth and brain dump on wealth. What does that mean? Does that mean hitting that six figure business that everybody's always talking about or the seven figure business that I see on every Facebook ad, right? Is that what I really want in life? Is that wealth to me? Or is wealth being able to take weekends off? Is wealth being able to spend time with my family? Being able to go on more vacations so that we can have quality time and make memories that are gonna last for a lifetime. If that's what wealth means to me, then I simply need to figure out what I need to do in my business to make those dreams come true and not shoot for an arbitrary number because somebody said, if I hit it, then suddenly I would be successful. And then finally, think about gratitude and really brains up again, what does gratitude in your life look like? What does that look like? Does gratitude look like volunteering and giving back to the community in a meaningful way on a schedule that you involve your family with as well? Or does gratitude simply mean consciously keeping a gratitude journal where you're writing down in the morning and the evening, three things you're grateful for each time? Or is gratitude simply going to church and saying your prayers, right? Or is gratitude um, making a point to call up a friend once a week and just say, I appreciate you. I appreciate having you in my life. What does gratitude mean? And when you identify what sanity means to you, what wealth means to you, and what gratitude means to you, then you can set goals that you will have an emotional attachment to. So you could set the goal of, I'm gonna call one person a week and just tell them how much they mean to me. And you could put that on your calendar and guess what? When that rolls around each week, it will be so easy. So easy to keep that promise to yourself and to to hit the goal of doing it every single week because you'll be excited to. It feels wonderful to be filled with gratitude. And that emotion will fill you up and will be so satisfying that it'll be a highlight of your week that you don't want to miss. So when you can find an alignment between sanity, wealth, and gratitude, and you can base your desires on that, and have your eye on that as your goal, it's going to keep you from burning out. It's going to keep you moving all year long towards achieving that because that's truly, truly where you're meant to be. So, Thank you so much for letting me be vulnerable with you and telling you my childless story. And I hope that it inspired you to really examine where you have a freedom of choice that maybe you've been pre-programmed not to. I am wishing every single one of you listening a beautiful, wonderful, magical 2022 for you and that whatever you choose to do brings you infinite success. We'll see you next time. Do you love the Infinite Franchisee Show? I'd love to hear from you. Take 60 seconds and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. It is such a small thing that can help so many other franchisees and entrepreneurs find us. And then they can discover infinite possibilities too. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, remember, There are infinite opportunities to grow your business and reach the sanity, wealth, and gratitude you deserve. So don't ever settle for anything less than infinite success.